0: Welcome to Level 7, Episode 117, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 3, Episode 1, Laws of Nature. Welcome to Level
1: 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place.
0: Welcome agents, Agent Daniel here. I'm not alone, I'm also here with...
1: It's, it's me, Ben. Agent Ben. And, and, and we're not alone, because there me. are people in the chat room right now listening to us as we record, or a lot of listening mistakes. to us as we make fools out of ourselves.
0: Let's just say there's some agents that are in on some jokes that you'll never
1: get. Possibly. Yeah. They're there. And we're live. Live.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We are. And maybe we now know why we don't do this that often.
1: Yeah. So here we are. And this is Daniel. Season three. Season three has begun. Only two more to go, Ricky. Just two more to go. Two more in a movie. Although by the time that happens, we'll have 18 movies, 20 But uh, did we get the movie Winter soldier was kind of our movie? It really almost was. Yeah, it fit in, slid in so nicely. And I'm wondering how well that's going to work here this season. I'm hearing people talk about, yeah, this feels like they're setting up civil war. And in some ways. Yeah, they're they are in some ways, but I don't know how well it's going to. How, I don't know how neatly packed in it's going to be between what we have with the show and, and the movies. But we'll talk about but, that. Well, but we let's remember we're
0: also setting up a movie.
1: Uh, you mean the movie that Agent Dylan in the chat room just, just brought up? Um, or are you going to take yeah credit Inhumans. for the, the idea? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're setting up the – well, we've all, all talked about
0: how we're setting up the Inhumans movie. Think about how bold this is to go ahead and start a movie franchise on television.
1: Yeah, this is wild. Uh, although it's not the first time that a movie franchise has been started on television. But this is the first time that a movie like franchise yeah. totally started on TV. Movie franchise. Waiting for the sequel. hmm Holding out. <laughs> yeah. Not 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 exactly what I was thinking of. I Liam was, Neeson makes a lot of movies. I was headed more in the you know, the whole Star Trek direction where it was on yeah. TV, then it moved to the film, and then the films have got enough popularity to get another TV show. We're kind of going the opposite direction: had the movies, moved to the TV show, and then the TV show is bouncing back toward the movies. So, uh, this episode has me excited. This episode had me excited when I saw the preview of the first four minutes, and I wasn't just like, "Oh man." We're starting up soon. I was really excited to see what was going on. I stayed clean. Yes, you did. I didn't see anything until tonight. You stayed pure. So I think we just should get get going because we have some things to give away. We have uh, an episode to talk about and we have a little bit of feedback to get into. Should we just jump into our our news? Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: Shield intelligence report.
1: You know, it's kind of weird, Daniel. That we're not going to be playing back voicemails from ourselves. In I'm kind of glad <laughs> you two were trouble. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with Jessica Jones. <laughs> but here we are yeah. now. We're just doing our regular intelligence report. We're not. We're not preparing for any kind of. Um. Well, we actually have a sounder. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm just really.
0: really I'm really proud of you right at the moment because you actually remembered the name of the segment.
1: Well, I did just get done playing it.
0: That did help, didn't yeah.
1: it? Yeah. So there's not a lot of news really to cover other than, I mean, the way I anticipated this going would just be, you know, oh, season three of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. began today and then we would move on. But we do still have uh, some business to take care of. We have a contest that we ran. And the contest was a fun contest. Uh, I enjoyed what what we got uh, we posted two pictures. Both were pictures of Funko Pops. And one of the pictures was of Agent May, Agent Colson, and Agent Carter. And the backdrop for that was the action figure variant covers of the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. special uh, one-shot issues of the comic books. And then the other picture was Howard the Duck, Groot, and Rocket Raccoon standing on a... Um, slice of a tree. Uh, wouldn't that be a stump pen? No, it's not a stump. It actually is only two inches thick and it's something that, uh, came from a tree in my father-in-law's yard and he, I don't know, shellacked it <laughs> or whatever and scorched into it some writing. And, and it was a gift for uh Christmas that all the, all of his children got, um, so, yeah, I turned it over so the writing wasn't showing, but yeah, it's not it wasn't an actual stump. It was just just wood., Whew. I'm totally glad that you cleared that up. Yes, yes, because the whole world wanted to know that. But those two pictures then were meant to be uh, captioned, and we got some some fun captions. And we said the contest was, if you gave us a caption for one picture or the other, uh you would get put in for each picture that you put in a caption for but you wouldn't get multiple entries uh for doing multiple captions for one picture twitter we didn't have a lot uh although i do believe that twitter well i i know that twitter has um some favoritism from what, from what our our replies maybe were. it stole someone's heart it's quite possible that it stole both of our hearts But I did want to mention a couple highlights. One of them was um, from Agent Brent, who for the Groot and Howard and Rocket Raccoon one, uh, he wrote, you put your left foot in, you put your left foot out. Because it does look like the way that their feet are positioned, they're putting them in ahead of them into the circle. The funny thing about that one to me is that Groot has his left foot in, But Rocket apparently doesn't know his left from his right because he's got his right foot in and it just kind of made me me giggle a little bit. And we had uh, Agent Ben say, um, duck season, rocket season, (laughs) rocket season, duck season, blam, I am Groot. There was some fun stuff there in in both of these. So um, there was someone who it was uh, Nick Fury's fouling commandos. I thought that was a funny one. oh i get that one now yeah yeah and then uh there was the one about the movies where there it's howard saying you two starred in your own film a rocket and a tree or a raccoon and a tree that's the most ridiculous thing i ever heard talk about an obvious box office bust and then groot says i am groot and rocket says no no let me tell him but yeah that was from agent caleb so i mean there's some fun stuff and you can go to facebook you can find those Actually, if you go to, welcome- to level 7com slash contest1 or contest2 using the number, not the not spelling it out, that'll take you directly to the, the photos that were captioned. So we have a box that has names in it, and we're going to draw out six names. And then we're also giving a seventh prize uh, to the grand prize going to the person who made us laugh. And no, wait, the grand prize is a drawing. The person who made us laugh gets the issues one through six of... The S.H.I.E.L.D. comic book plus a couple extras that I'm going to put in there. I'm glad we know our own rules. Oh. Are you ready, Daniel? Oh, I'm ready. So th- these first names that we're going to draw out, they're going to get um, issue number one of the uh, Marvel Comics S.H.I.E.L.D. comic with featuring Coulson. So we have five copies of that, and we're going to give those away to these five names. And so here we have uh, Agent Ricky Lambert. He's going to win one of those um agent jason he is going to jason dogan uh agent jessica olson those are three agent dave Goulet, and one more oh from twitter oh let's see ben marvel's at marvel so we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to get his real name so those people won issue number one Of Marvel's Shield comic. And then, uh, Daniel, which one made us laugh the most? (laughs) Well, oh,
0: Ben Marvel's at Marvel's. You're having a great day because. Yes. Our favorite off Twitter, the one that made you and me laugh the most was the comment. I know my worth dot 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 about nine ninety nine plus shipping and handling.
1: Yeah, that being the. A, a, a caption for the uh, agent Carter, where she's talking to Coulson and and uh, Agent May, and yeah, that one I I did laugh. I laughed out loud actually a little it, bit. It,
0: it's so, simple, but at the same time meaningful when you know the show,
1: and meaningful when you know that we're looking at a handful of collectibles. That yeah, so that's their worth. So Ben marvels at Marvel. You know, I wonder. We're giving him the, those six issues. Should we? Well, if he's already getting that issue, let's not give it to him twice. Well, or should we just give it to him twice and, and ask him to pay it forward and give give one of them away? Let's let the chat room decide. Oh, chat room. So, should we, <laughs> should we do it? Should we do it? Should we give him two and ask him to pay one forward to a friend? Or should we? Oh, Agent Dillon says redraw. Oh, but Agent oh. Tolba- Tobash says give him two. And Agent Kurt says do it. I don't know. <laughs> but that is do what? <laughs> nice and obscure. Okay. Well, here's what we'll do then. Uh we'll go ahead and redraw. And is that what you're saying? Do it? We're we're gonna go ahead and do it. Go ahead and redraw, buddy. Just spread spread the wealth. Agent Brent with the uh you put your right foot in, you put your right foot out, comment. He now has that fifth issue. Um, And at, at, at Ben Marvel's at Marvel, he's going to get the one through six plus some of those extra ones that are Marvel Cinematic Universe related. It's time for us to draw one more name. And this name that we're going to draw is going to win the box that was given to us by Agent Snook. And we want to thank Agent Snook for this box. This box came from something he had ordered. And then he put a couple things in as well that were Marvel related. But the big thing is there is a pretty awesome Funko pop in there. And if you've looked at our Facebook page, you've might possibly have seen the picture of what's inside there. So I'm just saying, I'm
0: glad I already had the Hulk or it may not have had a Hulk in it. And
1: agent Ben Bidwell. Agent Ben Bidwell. So I don't know if Ben Marvel's at Marvel and agent Ben Bidwell are the same person. I hope not, but We'll find out when we get addresses. So if you could contact us, if we called your name, um, contact us on Facebook or through Twitter and get us your address. And we'll wait a couple days. But um, if we don't hear from you in a couple days, we'll try and get a hold of you and, and try and get your address so we can get you your prize. So that's our news. That's our fun little, hey, let's, let's give some stuff away because it's time for a new season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, you need to slow down. We did get a request from the chat room. Oh, really? Yeah, they did ask us to
0: talk about a piece of news. And Oh, well, let's hear it. Kev Dog has been doing a lot of interviews lately. He's always doing a lot of interviews. Well, that's, that's Kev Dog's job. And, and here's a big thing when talking about Age of Ultron. I think that is inevitable at some point as we're plotting the movies going forward and they're doing the shows. And basically the question he was asked was are the TV characters going to show up on TV? I mean, in the movies. Of course they show up on TV. Yeah. Come that's, on, that's dude. That's kind of the thing that they do at the but yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So that's the big, you know, he's basically saying eventually, eventually we're going to see folks from the television universe show up in the movies. Thoughts, Ben? I think it's great. I think it's inevitable. I'll believe it when I see it, though. Well, no, no. Agent Dylan p- points out that uh, Drew
1: Goddard said no, and here's the real sad thing: Because no, no, no. I do think he points oh, out oh, Drew Goddard said so. Said oh. so. Oh, thank you. Daredevil was almost a movie. Is what he was saying.
0: Here's so. the thing. And one of the things that kind of makes me almost a little sad. Because we haven't heard anything about Daredevil showing up in Civil War. But he actually had a pretty big role in Civil War. And yeah, so did Jessica Jones. That's where Civil I keep making.
1: Civil War comic means nothing. The Civil War comic is. I know. I know. I know. No. I. I a, Daredevil would be great in Civil War. Just to give us another costumed hero. in In that world. But not because he's an important part of the Civil War comic. I, the Civil War comic is
0: – Well, I get what's added, introduced
1: as Good Jones to the Civil War comic that you've completely discounted. Well, uh, yeah, I, I did. Yeah. yeah. You know well, what look at, age, look at know? age of Ultron, though. Look at you Age of Ultron he, and, re- and re- mean, relate that to reference. the comic.
0: Well, the Age of Ultron comic has nothing to do with the Age of Ultron story, but that's a different story. Literally. But Agent Stuck wants to know when will we see more
1: of the movie universe on the small screen? Yeah. That's what I want to see. I want to see Steve Rogers show up. Well, and I do think there was a time. I mean,
0: last year I think they kind of just gave us Sif as that that handhold to the MCU. To, I mean, to to the movies, you know, but I believe she now has a series. So her own TV show, you mean? Yeah, so I really think maybe we need to all not watch that series so it gets canceled and she can do more guest appearances as an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: Yeah, that's the way to do it. So let's, let's get her no, fired. Let, let's boycott her
0: show. Uh, no. What are the chances she'll ever show up on our show
1: now? It's still not a bad chance. I mean, it's still she could potentially, you know, they do that all the time. They do that all the time where, you know, you can you can squeeze in their schedule and get them in there and, you know, actors who get a start on one show and then, you know, break out and get their own show. But they'll, they'll, they'll come back for that special episode. Hey, if
0: Rocket Raccoon can appear on television this year.
1: Because Bradley Cooper is going to be on TV this year. Yeah, I mean, the lines are getting blurrier and blurrier every every day. <laughs> so, yeah, it just they're they're in danger of getting you know having too many people, too many characters get, getting just, you know, their one movie. And you know, let's let's find some ways to sneak them into the universe. Well, our TV show is a great place to put them. But again, you know, we got to wait and see. And it's all about the right stars aligning in the right places. And when I say stars now I'm talking about, you know, movie stars here, and you know, the schedules and all that kind of thing. But you know, we had we had fury uh, a number of times. So I'm, I'm happy with what we have. I would like to see more, though. I think like everyone would like to see more. Any more to talk about the news then? I no, we'll I just know. want to get to the
0: point of talking about laws of nature. I'm a hot mess about this. All Let's right. go. Kind of oh, figured, wait, we forgot. What? Don't we have another piece of news? What? Secret project we've been working on. Oh, the, the or t-shirt this, store? Or is it still, it's just, it's still secret?
1: It is live. Oh, Toy thank yeah, you. Yeah, it is live. Right? We have a t-shirt store right now. It's welcome to little7.com slash tpublic, t e e p u B L I C. And we've mentioned that link before. Not that anyone used it, but we have mentioned it before because we were linking to shirts that other people had made about MCU related things. But we actually have three original designs up there now that are designs that actually go along with what we are with our our show. I mean, they're they're designs that are specifically about our show. Well, and and when I I say our show, I mean Welcome to Level 7 itself so Hmm. including uh new artwork that will be new episode artwork that no one has seen before um it will be on our website tomorrow when this episode goes live however you know people in the chat room can go there right now and they can see we have a a new picture of daniel and me
0: so it's a little spoilerific yeah yeah
1: and then there's a shirt that Daniel might wear, but that I never will. Oh, I, I think I'll look pretty in it. And then there's a shirt that's, that's a shirt with our logo on it. Um, we're going to add some shirts back into this that are from other people's other people's designs. And we have a couple more designs in the works. But yeah, purchase of these shirts uh, helps our our show. It, I mean, it helps us with gives us a little bit of a, of a kickback. And that kickback can help us as we are paying for equipment and stuff. Um, we do have some equipment that is breaking down that Daniel doesn't even know about right now.
0: Oh, but, no. Yeah. <laughs> we,
1: we had some troubles that or I should say I had some troubles uh, last week with some things. But
0: now I am a hot mess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, Brian asks a very important question. Question: When we talk about support of Welcome to Level Seven, which is what about the first class commentary?
1: You mean Agent, Agent Dylan asks
0: that question? Yes, Agent Dylan asked that question.
1: What about it? Well, we are now moving into the school year, and it really depends on. Honestly, lacrosse. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of lacrosse. Yeah. U nineteen fall league,
0: man. U nineteen fall league. So. If it makes you feel any better, right at the moment, I don't have any league scheduled until February after that.
1: That's so, nice. November to f- January. Okay. All right. So, we could be looking at like a Thanksgiving break kind of thing maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe
0: not. <laughs> maybe just some winter <laughs> clinics. Okay. I've got one of those I'm working on too. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I There's a lot think. of lacrosse.
0: You get you get an agent to design a t-shirt and then all of a sudden the lacrosse just explodes.
1: Yeah. That's right. Uh, agent Stook designed a t-shirt for your, your team, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that was a cool design. It really is. So I'm ready then. You ready to talk about the, the episode? Let's get into it. All right. Laws of Mission Nature. Record. Laws of nature. So let's get started with, uh, well, let's, let's talk about where our, our team is, our cast, our peeps. Whew. Our peeps. Here, here's what we, here's, I made a list of all the people who appeared or did not appear. And uh, for example, there's two people we don't know about. One is May, Agent May. Well, she May. never came back from vacation with, with her ex-husband. She's on vacation, but she's never coming back or never came back. And we've all been on vacations.
0: We, we really have. Where? We just haven't wanted to come back. We just keep extending it.
1: Yeah. The, the difference is we don't all work for a clandestine organization that <laughs> basically protects the entire world. So Well, nobody knows they're doing it, so nobody's going to notice when Zoe's not there. But, yeah, so May on vacation. Ward. He, I am assuming, is continuing his mission of uh, recruiting people for HYDRA. But we, we know he's been doing it quietly because
0: traditional HYDRA money sources have not been moving. Follow the cash is not
1: something that our agents can do here. No, no. But he's not around. Then we get into our cast who appeared in this episode. Um, oh, here's the other. Here's the other big thing. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. As far as the rest of the world is concerned, it's not around. It's gone. They are definitely a secret force. Despite the fact that they continue
0: the trend of putting their logo on everything, including the top of the new bus.
1: Yeah, but the bus is flying over people. You know, it's flying But over. still,
0: Quinjets are getting into that top, so they can see that.
1: Well, Yeah. However, as far as the world is concerned, they're out. But we do have they they have their base. They have their their new their new bus. What did they call that? I don't
0: know if they ever said anything other than calling it Coulson's new toy.
1: Oh, they called it something. I thought maybe our chat room knows. Well, doesn't matter. Is it
0: the bus A, from <laughs> Agent Dylan, <laughs> or is this the bus B? Oh, just like in Star Trek. Yeah, start adding those numbers on the Enterprise.
1: Yeah. I always loved that. Uh, that was uh, made it more special when they, at the end of Star Trek IV, came and saw the Enterprise. And it was really just another ship with that number and that name rechristened on it. But it was it was kind of nice, you know. And they were home. That was the voyage home. It took them the whole movie to get there, to the bridge of that ship. I mean, the bus really was like the Enterprise. It was their home. It was our... It was a move, a mobile home that allowed us to congregate in one spot. Uh, they had their own little cubbies. They had their vehicles there. They had their stuff there. Uh, it was, it was their place, you know? And so here we are now and we, we have another a mobile home. So I, I like that that's back. That was really nice to see. That was in that four minute preview. It ended right. That I refused to watch. That you refused to watch that. Did you watch the next episode teaser at the end of this episode? I did. I always do. Okay. But but for some reason, I don't have a
0: problem with the trailer, but I did, like Agent Snook, have the problem with the first four minutes. Well. I want to be able to move on. I want to see the whole thing in one sitting. Your trailer gets me excited. It teases me. But the first four minutes to me is just empty.
1: Well, it was not empty to me. It got me excited. It got me excited.
0: Well, it did establish one of the main core missions of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this year, which I'll argue there's two main core missions.
1: So, Coulson, he is directing S.H.I.E.L.D., he is in the field, and he has a bionic hand. That's something yeah. that is kind of cool. And he took it off a number of times, and we found out this was actually his third hand that he's gone through.
0: He doesn't feel right. It's just not working out for him. Yeah, and we we'll, we'll it that. could be partially his grief, but he just isn't comfortable with that hand. And I believe at one point he even makes the comment that he, he's
1: waiting for it to grow back. Who is he, the lizard? <laughs> well, we'll get back to that. We'll get back to his, his emotional state. Bobby is also having some rehab. Her knee uh, has her stuck doing science. So fortunately she was a biology major and she has a knack for things. And you know why this got me excited, Daniel?
0: Is that because it's a tie-in to her comic book origins, where she is a biologist slash scientist?
1: Yes, but that's not the reason why exactly. I mean Was it because
0: the moment she entered the screen,
1: you heard Daniel no, saying no, it in no, his no, living room. No, hey that's, girl. That's not why. No, it goes back to her comic book origins it goes back to her comical origins, but she was a biologist who was working on something. Do you know what she was working on? Do you? I I can't. Daniel, she was working on the super soldier serum that backfired and exploded and threw Ted Salas into the swamp where he grew to become the man thing. (sighs) So seeing her doing science, I thought, Oh, it is quite possible. It is quite possible that we've already in established her a backstory. Thing. Yeah. It's quite possible that in her backstory, she was involved in whatever it was that created the man thing. It's possible that they have just MCU'd Bobby's story to dovetail with that man thing story, whatever it might be. It's also quite possible that they won't. And I do see someone in the chat room who says that I'm obsessed with man thing. Um, those stories are fantastic mac thing those stories are fantastic stuff from he doesn't do much he's like a platypus no he doesn't do much except for observe human nature it's the humans that he's observing that do the things daniel you just don't understand no i really just don't understand let's get back to our characters here simmons she's still gone but i know where she is do you know where she is daniel
0: well, you've been trying to taunt me all day. So I know I'm gonna exactly. tell you where where she is. Are you ready? I'm ready. According to Agent Snook, when me and him were conversing earlier. No. Go ahead. She is in the plane of existence where death
1: is. No. Isn't
0: Deadpool's girlfriend? Nope. Or Thanos's.
1: Nope. No. I mean that might be a, an element that comes up in the story, but she is someplace concrete that we have seen that we have are been you gonna,
0: are you gonna say the elf world the
1: elf world the dark elves it was kind of no, rocky like no. that well not as blue. well it's it's possible i mean i can't name the place but i can just tell you what they're ref- what i can tell you what it's coming from yeah. all right tell us do you want me to do it right now, or do you want me to wait until we're talking about the tag scene at the you know, when we're talking about the plot? I don't care. Let's hold on to it. I want to hold on to it. All right. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, Fitz is tracking down every lead possible to help Simmons get out of the monolith, <laughs> and he is very, very assertive. He He's is Indiana Jones. Aggressive. He is Indiana Jones. He is not stumbling over any words he is not stuttering and he is not forgetting words he is i mean he feels more like fits and in this season he is trying to help his friend instead of needing to be helped by by his friend mac is sky's partner and is out on the field with with Sky, but he is not the muscle because Sky is the muscle. She is the field leader. she is in control of her powers and she's also not called Sky anymore except for in my notes all over the place. you know that whole I am Colson Colson is us thing. Yeah, I am Colson. I can't bring myself to call her. Well,
0: it's because you're not inhuman. But he, here's the thing that's interesting about Mac. Mac mm-hmm. is still very, very concerned about things getting out of control.
1: He's walked away the monolith. Yeah, he won't a, let anyone touch it. He's in charge of it. That's his. That's his mission. I mean, that's that's his one of his jobs when he's on the, you know, back on on in the base is to catalog and and determine what's going to be done with this technology stuff. And what's going to be done with the monolith? <laughs> It's locked up. And
0: he is very upset about Lincoln. He didn't want Lincoln out in the open where he, as he is. But at the same time he is pretty much partnered up with the most outspoken of the inhumans and and uh, he's clearly has a ton of respect for her.
1: Yes, very much so. Very much so. I mean you 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 kind of
0: see the this partnership, at one and at least by me, I said to myself, "Oh, this is going to be kind of an odd couple thing." It's really not. This is two cops on the beat. This is a partnership. They've where it's clear they've worked together for a while now. Um And he definitely has a lot of respect for her, and maybe a little protective, yeah. even though he understands he's not the muscle. Yeah. The the weird. Is it possible that Max, a good guy again?
1: I think he is. I think he is. He. It's not good cop, bad cop. It's nice cop and nice cop. And one nice cop knows that the other one is powerful and the powerful one, you know, she's just still learning how to use her powers. So it's it's not quite as crazy as like lethal weapon or something like that. Yes. And of course, we do see Max Gax in the first act. So it's Chekhov Skacks. His axe, you said? <laughs> yeah. His gun, oh. his gun axe, his 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 gun axe with an axe. Skax. Yeah. So we're
0: gonna totally see his gun axe. It's Chekhov's
1: Good job, Snook. <sighs> so um Lance is scared of talking to Bobby for some reason.
0: Well, so clearly he's just back where we where he belongs. You know. This is, isn't this not the first half of last season where we heard all those ex-wife jokes? Mm -hmm. I mean, clearly, you know, in her rehab, they had
1: another relapse of their fighting. Well, I don't know, because they have an arrangement that they're going to talk about. And I think he is worried to talk to her because he's kind of breaching the arrangement. But again, we'll get to that. The point is right now, he's not talking to Bobby. Bobby recognizes he's not talking to her and he seems to be avoiding her and it's not even really hidden. Like everyone knows it. And he's just like, yeah, I'm not talking to her. And we also need to recognize that he's become a valuable member of
0: Wilson's team. He's in the advanced team.
1: Yes, he is. He was he was in the field on the ground. With Daisy and with with Mac when they were doing that first four-minute mission <laughs> we'll talk about in a moment. And um, really,
0: I mean, he has to be because uh, Bobby, again, not ready, uh, may not there.
1: Ward, evil. Yeah. And then we have Lincoln who is working in a hospital. He is not helping S.H.I.E.L.D. But he – this is nice. This is one of those things where he is taking his his – personal nature where he likes people he wants to help people his job with the inhumans helping people helping people you know get their powers under control and that uh and helping people accept their powers and now here he is working in a hospital and that's a that's a nice um well he is a doctor that's yeah. where you generally find them well yes but doctors on the run because they have superpowers they might be, na, 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 na. yeah, they might be on the road doing their you know going from city to city every week, like uh well, like Mike Peterson, honestly, and then the other thing to note is that the fish oil has caused inhumans to spring up everywhere. I was a little worried at the end of last season, we were worried that maybe this was going to cause people to die, like. A certain agent of ours who will will be missed agent triplet um uh, we were afraid of that possibly but it's diffused enough that it allows inhumans to get their powers but it does not kill off regular humans to me that's a little bit of a cheat i think that they have neutered the stakes a little bit for the you know what's happening here with the the inhuman stuff with the terigen mists but yeah, I, I I feel like they they should have let the stakes remain. And when we had that opening scene where you see like the pieces of the the like stone shell or whatever that formed around people, uh, the formed around like Sky and, and the formed around uh, Raina, the cocoons, the cocoon stuff. I thought at first that we were looking at someone who was a victim of this, who was a human exposed to the fish oil and was now dead because you have those legs just standing there. Um, but no, it wasn't at all. It was. A you thought it was a case of trip. I did. I, I thought it was a, a trip situation. And then as they continue panning the camera, you realize that someone has walked away from that scene. And then I'm wondering, okay, is, was there two people? Was there the one person who blows up and dies? And the other person who ended up having powers and is okay. But there was just one person and he has left uh, just a wake of destru- destruction in his path where he's just going along. He can't control his power. He's melting things. Well, it sounds to me like you've started a discussion of the episode. I think I have. I think I have. There is one more element that we'll talk about, but there's no reason to hold off on talking about that one more element because that's what this next scene is about. But, yeah, we we are in a big city, and we have a guy who has these powers he's melting things as he's walking along and you just have the the scene is well filmed and well paced the stream of action as he's going from thing to thing doesn't feel like it's too rushed um but doesn't they're they're definitely not wasting any time because just moments later you have black trucks show up is it shield nope (laughs) Who is it? Well, we don't know, but they are talking about using lethal force if necessary. And they're
0: definitely not messing around, and they definitely look like they're black ops. But you look at this guy, and you know he just came out of a cocoon, and he's scared. He's just screaming for help. He can't control it. And I, for one, I'm trying to figure out, you know, because he's a new inhuman. We know he's a new inhuman because we saw the cocoon. What exactly is he doing? What's he melting? What he's, what's he not melting? Does he melt all matter or is it metal?
1: Turns out it's metal. Seems to be metal. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like that they, when when he melts things in the car, you know, the car hood, there's a small explosion. You know, the car is not made out of. Explodiodium or something like that it's just it's just one small brief explosion of of gas that's been ignited from melting the the engine block um it's nice effects it's emotional it's the stakes are high already for him but then you have these guys coming in he melts things and they are opening fire on him (laughs) they just open fire they're not playing around at all. And then, no. and then we get the dramatic entrance. Boom, boom, boom. The music starts to swell. The bad guys are getting thrown around as they're coming to you know, close in on him. Which, by the way, I liked it that he went to hide. And the guys are walking by the alley that he's hiding in. And they totally are like, oh, no, there he is. And just look at him, you know, instead of what would happen in a normal situation where... They they would just let it be a situation where, you know, he's going to hide there and they're just going to walk by and it's completely unrealistic. No, they, they're, they know what they're doing. They know their job and they turn and there he is. But then they go flying. A car goes flying. And then walking into the scene, walking into the image, into the frame, arm extended, hand open as if to, you know, use the force or something like that. It's
0: Quake, it's Daisy, it's Quake, it's and and she looks very Daisy, yeah, very Quakeish,
1: and she looks very Shieldish. It's nice to see something that really is harkening back to the Shield jump shoot jumpsuits. It's nice to see, and she's here to help, and now she has to convince him to step into the great glass elevator. Because, well, which isn't too hard to do when people are trying to shoot you. Because they're going to get in the great glass elevator. They're going to fly above the city. They're going to land in Charlie Bucket's home. They're going to push grandpa and grandma's bed into the, the thing and take them to the, the chocolate factory. Um, Someone posted something on, on Twitter saying that it was like a combination between the, the great glass elevator and, and the TARDIS. And yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But really what it is, it's one of those um units, those pods f- similar to what we had on the on the bus. Only this is it's mobile. And if that pod gets thrown off of a bus and thrown into the ocean, it's going to be okay. It's going to be totally okay because it has its own jets. You get the impression that you know, it's it's not the most mobile thing in the world. It's not a quinjet, but it's definitely You know, They use it for extraction. They use it for the rescue. And he gets in and it has those hexagon uh, styled to the walls. So you know, okay, this is meant to contain someone with powers similar to what they had on the bus before. And they take him up. They take him up. And then we get our new bad guy. Or bad gal, I guess. Uh, Rosalind is her name that she's going to give Coulson later on. But she shows up. She says it's hard, getting harder for this to go unnoticed, and then well, and because it, it, there's helicopters and news crews. Yeah, and, she, she says there was helicopters this time. Like, uh, and Coulson takes a picture of her, and this is the first time that he has seen her face. This is the first time that they have kind of been able to get an idea of who they're going against, because what we find out, they have been. They have gotten places five times now, and they've been too late. The inhuman that they're going there to find—it's—they're gone. They're gone, and and so they know that there's this other organization. But yeah, so so this is now well. And there's been three incidents
0: in the last month, and they're increasing.
1: Yeah, and this is set up. This is, this is set up for our new, again, our, our new conflict. And in some ways she's, she's the new mustache, right? Yes. You know, kind of,
0: she might be offended by that.
1: Yeah. But she's, she's kind of that, that new good, bad guy. I'm going to be
0: honest. I saw her on honorage and she might be tougher than the stash.
1: Well, she's, she's in charge. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she wants. And she's upset because they lost Joey. Joey is upset because he's in a cell. (laughs) Poor guy. Poor, poor man. I mean, he's lost his life now. His, His old life is gone. And Sky is trying to explain to him the new normal for him and... Well, I, and again, uh, first reaction, we saw Sky have
0: this reaction last season. What's the cure?
1: Yeah. There is no cure. You're just different now. He wants a cure, and she's like, well, we're going to help you learn to live with this. Um, they they try and ease him into it, but he's also very practical. You know, he's, he's like, just tell me what's going on. You know, just, just tell me. Uh, Bobby has been watching him on Facebook, um, which is what she's been doing with her, with her time. It's kind of funny. It's like, yeah, have you been spying on me? No, I just looked at your Facebook page. Uh, But the other thing they're doing is they're now investigating this woman. She's not Hydra. Who is she? The other thing that's going on is there's no new monolith readings. There's no new monolith readings, which is, it's just a stone now. It's not doing anything. Fitz is trying to help Simmons. And so this is where we go to Indiana Fitz. Indiana Fitz goes to Morocco. He's looking for Yosef Haddad. I think I'm saying that right. And he's just coming in. I don't know. Is this, is this Indiana Jones or is this James Bond? Well, and the reason I think of Indiana Jones is because he's
0: been researching history and archaeological sites and He's been tracking down an object throughout history.
1: Yeah. How do you do that? I mean, he's been following this scroll from place to place to place to place. But he's found where it's, it's, it's landed. He's found where it's ended up. And I mean, let's just talk through this whole Fitz thing here. He comes and demands to see Yosef Haddad. Okay that fits <laughs> and then he he says, "I've got this, I've got this uh, briefcase right here. Your guy Yosef, he's gonna want it, and he's got something I want, and I want to see only him." And it's kind of, a, I'm thinking, okay, Fitz, what kind of idiots do you think these guys are? That they're just gonna, you know, take you at your word that he's gonna want what you have. But he's confident, just like saying somebody's last name that you can't pronounce. He's confident. He is confident, and you know what? Here's what comes comes out of the the confidence is that he, uh, he. I mean, this is where I say: is this James Bond or is this Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones is confident even when he has no opportunity to possibly get out of the situation. Uh, And the same with James Bond. And here it is with Fitz. This is not Fitz from season one, by the way. This is not not. Fitz from season one. This is someone who is on a mission and has nothing to lose because he wants to find Simmons. He wants to save Simmons. The only thing he cares about in his life, Simmons. And that includes lying to Colson in order to cover up the fact that he's doing this. And
0: they keep saying he's tried several last shots hmm he keeps he's doing everything he can to find her
1: <laughs> agent dylan says that the uh briefcase was the phase one blu-ray set which you
0: somebody bought it
1: you know yosef there'd be value in that for him i could i could see yosef wanting to go ahead and, and trade for that so but yeah they he goes <laughs> in i hope it doesn't have cluster bombs in it
0: or splinter bombs in it agent snuck <laughs>
1: He goes, Daniel, you can't, you can't talk to the people in the chat room because the people who are listening to this later on are, have no idea what you're talking about.
0: I know it's like for them. No, but you can't do that. I I totally think I can.
1: I I, I don't think you can because I didn't know what you're talking about. Uh, well, it wasn't for you. It was for Snook. No, we we are recording something (laughs) that goes out to lots and lots of people though. Uh, Agent Snook says that he has the phase one Blu-ray set. And that's what Daniel was saying was that he hopes there's not splinter bombs in it. Because that's what is supposed to be in the briefcase. But he he goes in, he's confident, he he has nothing to lose, and he is just going to, you know, you're gonna give me what I want because I have something you want, and it's gonna work. And they he says, You have a, s I've been looking for the scroll, I've been doing this, I've been doing that, I've been doing this, I've been doing that. And the scroll is here i'll trade you and they're like well yeah here it is but we're gonna go ahead and just use this splinter bomb on you and kill you because that's what we found here but then when he activates the splinter bomb it's actually some sort of flash bomb kind of thing that that uh fits is ready for he grabs <laughs> And this this feels again indiana jones he he grabs the thing, he runs, he steals his taxi. he's driver's got a chase car. going on There's a chase through this Morocco city uh street, and he's got what he wants. Phew an archaeological item but let's talk about the elephant in the room here. Let's talk about the the elephant, the elephant? yeah, where Yosef says to Fitz this woman you love her i knew because men do stupid things for love and here you are this is a very stupid thing you are doing and uh, i think fitz realizes it but he doesn't care again he has nothing to lose so then we move on from there to looking for uh this woman rosalind and they are able to track down based on the maker of the weapon that was left behind by one of those black ops troops and they are able to find out that there's one place where this woman goes and and there's one moment in time every week that she's alone completely alone and they're going to use that opportunity to to come after her so they find her in the sub uh, the subway car and then we realize She has totally played the man with the plan. It's a trap. It totally is. She let them find her.
0: This is why I totally choose a different path every day to go get my donut. (laughs) Okay. I'm a safety kind of guy, man.
1: When, when, When you realize that she totally has set them up, you almost wonder if she was, you know, maybe even wanted them to find the gun.
0: No, that's not what I wondered. What do you wonder? I wondered, did Coulson know that he was walking into a trap? So his, the trap is actually
1: his trap. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for the, the trap to, you know, that's, that's the man with a plan, Coulson. Man with a nope, plan, but, Coulson. It, totally
0: AC, man.
1: Yeah, because Lance is there with him. <laughs> Lance is his personality, man. He's just, yeah. He can do math. Well, but he's he's sitting there and he's just totally like this is his boss you know this is his manager and he's just you know being snarky and he's he's being uh you know just i i believe there's more of them than us you know and and that's a team for for each of us yeah if i was his manager I, i i'd probably have to have you know i i'd bring that up in the the year-end review. One of my favorite stories from a member of my team is she
0: told a story to her mother in which she said that she told her boss that he was evil, the boss being me. And then her response when her mom said, you probably shouldn't do that is, well, that's Daniel.
1: I totally get that. Daniel, I'm just saying, year-end review, you're going to bring up, you know, remember that time when I was trying to completely have this edgy banter with my opposite from the other organization, and you were completely derailing the whole thing by bringing up the fact that I had no upper hand in that situation.
0: No, because there is no other opposite of me at any o- uh, other organization because there is only one Daniel.
1: Yeah, yeah. There can be only one. No matter what, with with Coulson, you know, he, he's not It's hilarious, end. though. Yeah. Come on. He's doing math. Oh, it is really funny. It's funny, but again... If I was Coulson, I'd I'd be feeling like, you know what? You're stealing my thunder because I'm putting out some good lines here as they're going back and forth talking about the whole situation. I hadn't even thought about that. I hadn't even thought about that. This is somebody else pulling the fill card. It is. It totally is. So as they are giving their banter back and forth, we are finding out that Rosalind and her crew aren't necessarily as bad as we think that they might be. At least in their motives. Maybe their methods. Well, we did, but we did see motives. some
0: corpses earlier at her shop. Yes, but where were those and corpses last time from? we had a big bad with corpses, he was
1: killing those people and then doing stuff. Right. We are thinking that when we first see them at their base or whatever it is. But now, now we are seeing that she Seems to be worried about people. People are dying and that bothers her. And it's Coulson's fault. And she's not saying, oh, I want to kill inhumans because I want to study them. She's saying these altered humans are a threat. The laws of nature are changing. And until the laws of man change, you know, in accordance with that, we are going to need to do this. And then they can, they accuse each other of killing inhumans because. She is getting there and these inhumans are dead. So it sounds like you have this kind of three, basically someone gets there first, kills the inhumans, Rosalind and her team get there and the inhuman is dead, but they take them with them. And then Coulson and Daisy get there. You know, last, last in line. Nobody for you. In the meantime, you know what they're
0: thinking talking about in the chat room, by the way?
1: What are they talking about in the chat room? The
0: need to ship Rosalind and Colson. <sighs> or as ship. we'll call it from here on in, out, either Felinda or <laughs> Roscoe.
1: Roscal. It sounds like something from the Duke's hazard. I know, I love Roscoe so Roscoe Beagle Train. Yeah. Felinda I like. That sounds a little bit like Melinda, though. You know, though, it really does establish that she is the season stash. She is definitely Colson's equal. Uh, she I love that they are coming face to face here and it's actually face to face and not just on a television screen. And I'm that's that's better conflict for me. You hey,
0: know? Phil, like me, he's not a big fan of the phone. He wants to have that meet and greet. Yeah. Read that body language.
1: Yeah. And so they're, they're talking, they're face to face and you know, she's, she knows, she knows that he has died. She knows that Tahiti is a magical place. She knows a lot, but she doesn't know where Coulson and his team go because she doesn't know where the inhumans that they're taking are being hidden. She, she's a good foil she is an equal and in this one episode i feel like they have introduced her well and i feel like they have introduced someone that i am willing to accept is going to be able to take on colson at his own game now we want to find out more about the organization we want to find out more about her but the other thing is we're going to find out there's some official sanction going on here And tie-ins to unpopular MCU movies. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yes. We'll get there. We'll get there. So, meanwhile, Sky is trying to convince Lincoln to come with her to help. You know, they got this Joey guy. And he needs help. And he's got his powers, right? We also find out that someone else is there for Lincoln. And it's a big, scary dude. A great, big, scary dude who looks like Again, like a lot of the Inhumans, he stepped off the set of uh, oh, what was that Clive Barker movie, Nightbreed?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't watch scary stuff. Yeah, I know you don't. But well, and did, here's the thing: ab- if about you did, this- you would totally you-
1: be like, you know what, Ben, you're right. You're right. I don't like scary stuff. Yeah, Agent Snook mentions that Nightbreed is not scary. I I think it is a little. It, it's maybe not, not so much try- scary as it is, um, strange. And hey,
0: I saw the visit recently. And for anybody who's seen it, many of them, many of you might say it's not that scary, but I was definitely, definitely curled up inside
1: my, uh, my hoodie. And Agent Dillon says that the big scary dude is a nosican, which is a reference to Star Trek Next Generation. Well, I, what he really is, is he's Lash. Yes. So this is an interesting
0: development for me. So, and we never use his name here. But I almost wonder at times if they created Lash, because Lash has only been around for a little over a year. Was Lash created with the idea that he could be used as intellectual property within the Marvel Cinematic Universe? We've heard a lot of rumors about them not allowing people to create new mutants and, and not being able to move forward Mutant stories just out of fear of creating intellectual property for another studio hmm. was Lash intentionally created with the idea that maybe he could be used in the way he's being used now.
1: It's possible. It's entirely possible. Uh, I mean, so Marvel has what? 3000, 6000 characters or something like that. And,
0: but this is a really recent character to be bringing in.
1: Yeah. I, I think if he wasn't created for this purpose, he is definitely one that they said, hey, this guy will work for this purpose. And, and basically, I'm going to give the comic version of Lash, which as Ben says, has, doesn't matter.
0: Doesn't matter at all.
1: I have not said uh, that it doesn't matter at all. I'm just saying Civil War as a comic book has no bearing on Civil War as a anyway, movie Lash. except as a starting point. That's all I'm saying.
0: Lash is from a tribe of Inhumans that is not Andalan in the Marvel 616. And Lash has a mission statement, which is Inhuman for the worthy. So if he, you fe- if he feels as if you've been triggered and that you were not worthy of Terrigenesis, well, he kills you. In the comic books, he primarily serves as a foil to Queen Medusa's efforts to bring all the new humans, which after a major event, much like the fish oil event uh, in the Marvel 616, but uh, a little bit different. Okay, a lot big, a lot different, but again, in humans springing up all over the, the world, Queen Medusa is attempting to bring them refuge in Adelan, while Lash is with his small group of followers going out and murdering. New humans, new inhumans, um, before they have a chance to really experience their inhuman life, pri- primarily again, because they are not worthy.
1: Well, and while that may not be the same mission statement he has here, we don't know. We, we don't know anything about what he, he's planning or why. Um, that definitely sounds very similar. I mean, it could easily be applied to this character. So, yeah, I I like the look. It's a little weird. I. It's like a porcupine. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, what is it that, that Agent Snook called it? Um. In, here in the, the chat room, he called it Sonic the lash, lash Hog. I mean, he's got that kind of quill hair kind of going on. And it also reminds me of Raina.
0: It uh, very much reminds you of Raina in the sense that it's an inhuman, unlike Joey or Quake, that can't fit in.
1: Yeah. He does not. He, he's he's not going to be able to easily just you know put on a, a trench coat and walk into a party. It's a weird design to me, though. You know, as I as I'm looking at him, and does he fit? Uh, does he fit the tone of what we've seen with other with other creature designs? But then, but if also,
0: you're looking for a show that's going to have superheroes and supervillains, he definitely looks the part of something. Unlike what you would
1: see in your day to day life, yeah, he's big, he's muscular, he's got the quill hair thing going on. He's he, he doesn't like have a hoodie. That's yeah. a that's an advantage. He looks like a creature, though. I mean, he he is a creature ish guy, and so the other thing then, as you're thinking, okay, they've but, but expanded. He's a the creature-ish universe.
0: guy, but you can also tell that he has a human origin.
1: Yeah, yeah, and th- and this is where we're we're expanding our universe. And so we're going to have people who look different. And, um, and Agent Tobash likes the way he looks. He thinks he looks awesome. I want to see him. I want to see more of him. I'd like to see him just interacting. I mean, how does, how does this work? He, he walks in and says, where's the inhuman? And then he kills a hospital orderly and wa- turns around the corner. And there he is. He's there for Lincoln. He's getting more than he... You know, ask for. He's getting Lincoln. He's getting Daisy. He's getting Mac, and he's he's getting quake powered at him. He's getting um, electric power at him. He's getting uh, gunshots fired at him. And this is I'm where, just
0: saying. If it was the Marvel Six One Six doing those things, are actually going to make him stronger? Maybe sometimes he's too. a power converter. Oh okay. You, get, you throw energy at him. Well, like, he definitely has
1: he, or he, kinetic
0: energy. He can convert it
1: into his own power. And maybe he was doing that because when he it's blasted ter- that it's hole through possible. that wall, I mean, there's all of a sudden this. Okay, I thought he walked through like a wormhole or something. Turns out he, no, just went he through also the, might teleport. Well, it turns out he just went through the wall in this case. I think. Yeah, but. But, yeah, he turns I around mean, and, When you
0: said the blue swirls around the guy he killed, you could – I was definitely getting the feeling that from the security guard, he was pulling the energy out of him. Oh, really? Yeah, it's kind of the way I felt. But, again, I've read Lash in a few places. Okay.
1: Well, here as he is, he's an imposing force. He's a powerful force. He has a mission that involves killing <laughs> – involves killing in humans and really – the, the, then this is where I made the connection. The dead bodies that Rosalind had. yeah, of have holes. Ha, all have holes in their chest. Yep. And, you know, it looks like an energy weapon was used against them or something. So this is where we find out. And it's right after uh, they accuse each other of killing inhumans. And and Colson says, is this, you know, what's, what's going on here? Are we actually being honest? And uh, this is where we cut right away right away to where's the inhuman. And then we go to commercial and then we come back to the fight and then the fight, you know, I thought the fight was done because this is where lash goes through the wall and Colson and Hunter um, and, and Rosalind, I mean, everyone's phones start ringing because we've got a situation. And of course, this is where Rosalind leaves the car to go into another car and uh, Coulson and Hunter escape because some guys are rummaging through Hunter's bag. And that was the thing that calls the, the, the TARDIS elevator morons. (laughs) So she comes back in and they're gone. And there's this huge hole in in the subway car. And I'm like, I don't know how this worked, man. I don't, I mean, aren't they underground? Like, how, how did this work? But
0: it worked. Well, I I believe the, the Washington subway is not always underground.
1: I mean, it's possible. And it's also possible that the thing came down just through the, uh, through the street or something. I don't know. You know what I think?
0: Don't think too hard.
1: You can't. This is one where it's, it reminds me of the, the, the raft plugging up the hole on the bus. You know, if you think too much about it, you kind of oh, could work. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. But I don't think so. Maybe. But here's the problem. You While just you're let thinking it go. About this, you know what I am? What? I'm tense. You are tense.
0: I, I believe tense that you're tense because, because we also
1: are cutting around to that fight, too.
0: I know. And that's making me tense. It's very darkened. We got a guy who, as you said, looks like a creature. I'm a little on edge. I'm tense.
1: I haven't felt tense like this for well since the end of last season. But Daniel, are you tense because we're getting an actual comic book fight? No, it's because it's a little scary. Because again, it's dark. He looks like a he could be a monster. Sky totally uses her power to like crumble the floor beneath him, which is a good use of her power. It's, it's a great shows use, but she's this is, like, learned total out of comic control. book stuff. You know, it's it's totally like. It's just ripped from a comic book where it's like, I'm going to use the environment against him in the most cool way possible for our viewers. Not necessarily the best. And Agent Dylan's correcting me. Her name is Daisy. Yes, I know. I know.
0: Well, And they reminded us of that several times. And they had the discussion to, you know, well, it's going
1: to be hard. Well, it's not. Well, Coulson says it's hard and everyone else is like, "No." Well, Coulson is no. us, but you're Coulson, so Yeah. Yeah. Agent Snook says she wildly e him. Yeah, she just dropped him through the floor. I mean, this is this is good use of her powers when she realizes we're blasting him, he's blasting us, no one and I'm liking it. And so well, when we talk about the end of this episode, I I I'm, well, I'm going to go here now. This is the kind of show that we were expecting in in the first season. No, I'm I'm totally with you. This episode was exactly the kind of thing that I was expecting in the first episode, the first season. Uh I mean, it's really what the first episode gave us, where they're helping Mike Peterson. And but there's comic booky fights. There are MCU-ing characters, characters who aren't necessarily a list. But but again, coming back to Lash,
0: the thing about the inhuman comic book is you know, there was a time and you you've read the X Men. You probably remember times where it felt like the X Men through New Mutants <coughs> and through other X franchises were like minting new mutants all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, they were. Um, that's really in what's happening in the Inhuman comic books is because you're having Adelan as being this refuge for all these new humans, as they're being called. You really do have the ability to churn over all these new heroes. And so I was making a comment earlier to Agent Dylan. You know, the Melter, Joey, I could totally see him being a new human. And I really could, because there's so many of them that the writers could literally take the comic books and just rip their pictures out and be like, what does this guy do? What does this guy do? What does this guy do? Because they've been minting them so quickly. I mean, Inhumans is where Marvel's at right at the moment. I mean, post-Secret Wars, they've already established. We're all about the Inhumans. We're going to be hiding the X-Men.
1: Yeah, well, we'll. I don't want to go into that that conversation right now, but I do agree that with they want to the make the comic five. books create
0: intellectual property. Let's be honest: Marvel Comics doesn't make money off printing comic books anymore. It's not a it's not a a sales. It's not a tangible item that makes the money that it used to. But you know what comics do? Ben? they create intellectual property. That they can then put into cartoons, video games, and movies. And television shows. Yes. That's what's going on. Marvel's using their comic book line not as their primary income. They're using their comic book line to create intellectual property that they can exploit in other arenas. It is their, it is their R&D. Yeah. Flash was R&D'd in the comics. He seemed to work. People seemed to resonate to him. They put him in a television show. And he's going to be around for a while. I mean, he escapes. Well, I mean, I, he's clearly at least the first half of this season one of our major two problems. Yeah.
1: What's the game? The the goal for our team? Protect inhumans. Help inhumans.
0: Wow, almost sounds like a, a, a an item of the week, like we thought we were getting in season one.
1: Uh, uh, and we we could very easily be going there, where it's going to be someone new every week. I I don't think that they will take that quite like that but i wonder if we're going to get a hybrid we had
0: we had theorized back in season one it was going to be a an strange thing of the week okay you remember that we were going to get this thing guy and then this guy and then this guy season two what did we get and again i applaud them for what they did a serialized story episode 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 no wasted space Every episode is part of one storyline. What if in season two they take that concept of episode after episode after episode being a continuous storyline, but we mix in our two problems: humans, and Human A Week, and problem number two. But still being a continuous storyline that is supported by this new this new Inhuman, this new Hydra cell.
1: Yeah. Because that's the other thing, is we have now three anti-antagonists an, or anti-protagonists. No, Roz, she's cool. Roz, Rosalyn, she is a problem. She is. An, no, she's not. She's, she's a, a potential ally. She's an anti-protagonist. She is. And we'll come to an accommodation
0: just like we did with the stash. Send her a
1: more. No, no, because things got really, really bad for her. Really, I mean, here's what we find out. You, know, you have that situation with Joey. You have the situation with Lash. When we come back from that and we have resolution from that, um, we'll talk about Bobby and Hunter. But President Ellis is on the TV screen. Love it. President Ellis is on Sorry.
0: the TV screen. Earlier we asked the question, when are we going to see the movies come into the television? How about tonight?
1: President Ellis. Ellis from Iron Man Three is on the TV screen right now. They are watching him, and he is talking about Atku Advanced Threat Containment Unit. Is that what they call it? Yeah, it is what they call it. That ah, was really a bad one. Like they they couldn't even call it Sword. You know they could have called it Sword, right? Yeah, but that's not. It doesn't have to be exactly what it is in the comics. It doesn't have to be.
0: Could you do a sword without an Abigail Brand?
1: Yeah, you absolutely. You could. know,
0: you could totally have Rosalind be the MCU Abigail Brand.
1: You could, or Abigail Brand could be her. One, you know, one of her aliases. But he is on the screen. This guy is from Iron Man Three. They have mentioned him in other episodes but I was so happy to see him because that was that was just a little bit of excitement for me. Uh, but he quotes Rosalind. Get excited about cameos much, Ben? <laughs> I'm excited about cameos that reference movies that I liked and no one else did. But he... Uh, That's true enough. He quotes Rosalind and says, laws of nature are changing and the laws of men need to change. And he is starting this advanced threat containment unit which you get the impression or at least i get the impression that she's already was doing all this stuff with his knowledge and maybe even with his blessing but now he can come out and officially say this is what we're doing shield would take care of this if shield was still a thing but it's not and a and thing. if they
0: weren't bad guys who were dropping helicar- carriers on top of right right cities. i mean
1: they <laughs> The whole dropping helicarriers on, th- on, on the city just really put a damper on our relationship with S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, well, but this whole scene, he, he's
0: like, hello, it's episode one of a new season. So allow me to just take a moment and remind you that you're part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Here, allow me to reference Avengers. Oh, allow me to reference Dark World. Oh, allow me to reference Age of Ultron. Hey, I'm already here.
1: Allow me Iron to just Man be 3. here myself, and just by virtue of standing here, reference Iron Man three. And let's not forget, pin particles were referenced tonight. They were and the incident. They were the, well, and they were referenced um, in conversation with with uh, Coulson and Fitz in in that emotional conversation with with Coulson and Fisk. Fisk. <laughs> I Fitz, not fisk this is not daredevil anymore
0: you're out of practice aren't you
1: i am man i am so we now have this 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 episode it didn't just feel like an opening for a new season this could have been a pilot episode this could have been the pilot episode there's some things they wouldn't be able to do that we wouldn't have as much resolution or resonation with with uh the, the monolith you know, all the stuff with the monolith and Fitz and Simmons and stuff like that, we care about the relationship because of the previous two seasons. But all the setup that you're talking about here, President Ellis coming on the screen and saying, Hey, this is what's happening and this is this is our new normal now, and basically announcing, you're saying he's saying, Well, allow me to reference this and allow me to reference that. His speech goes like that. Allow me to reference this, allow me to reference that, allow me to reference this, and now allow me to set up the tone and the conflict for the remainder of this season, or at least the or first, or at least half, the of the first half. Yeah.
0: I mean, let's be honest, we, we can really only count on it being in first half.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, well, that's, that's the way that they seem to be s- shaping their storytelling. From from last season anyways, you have these half season arcs and and there's there's some validity and value to that, I think, Uh, because then you get to the middle and you have resolution, but then set up some sort of cliffhanger like you would at the end of the season. And then you go to Agent Carter and then you come back and you resolve that cliffhanger and and move into another another problem. And I think this first half. Well, we'll we'll talk about speculation We'll talk about speculation, but let's talk about Fitz and Colson because Fitz believes that in the, this little thing that he got, this little jar container thing is parchment. Is a parchment. And in that parchment, he's going to find out the description of what the monolith is. And Colson is talking about, you know, Man, you've done everything. You've done all this. And, you know, you even wanted to check and see if she went subatomic, <laughs> you know, after what happened with Pim. And oh, man, I want to get more reference to Pim because we had Agent Carter in Ant-Man, but he was part of SHIELD. I mean, he was helping SHIELD back when Stark's dad was still alive. So he then, you know. But- What does Fitz find? He finds this one Hebrew word. The word is death. Well, that's not really much of a description, but it's very ominous. (laughs) Well, and he thought it was a black
0: hole. And he tells Colson that he's convinced that it's a a solidified black hole and that she's somewhere. He's got a theory. And, you know, this thing's going to tell him the directions. But he misreads the word you know, black hole is death, so. He,
1: he misreads it.
0: No, I'm kidding. I mean, again, death, you're, you're going to tell us all what it means. You've been telling us all the time.
1: Well, I have an interesting theory about this death thing here, too. Okay. This death thing that we're talking about. My, my, here, my, my, my theory with the death thing. Is going to be absolutely wrong. Okay. But the thing with this death, it's written in Hebrew. And so my mind goes to the Gollum and the Gollum has, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, the Gollum is activated by putting the word for truth on its forehead. And then it's deactivated by removing one letter and changing the word truth to dead. I I am pretty sure there were three Hebrew characters on the, the parchment, three Hebrew letters on the parchment. I didn't catch what they were. I don't know Hebrew well at all. I just know tiny, 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 tiny bits. Uh, the word for dead is actually two characters long. And so I, I don't think it's the same word that you would find in a Gollum, but there is a Gollum character in the M.C. or in the in the 616 universe. And, you know, I, I bought those old 70s comic issues when. Well, because a Gollum is almost a swamp monster. I'm just going to I'm just going to lay it out there. I have a problem. Yeah. It's probably wrong. Has nothing to do with Gollum, but uh, and, and when I say Gollum, it's not Gollum from Lord of the Rings. It's Gollum. And you're totally
0: missing the important parts in the scene, which is Coulson. I am not missing the important with, parts of the scene. With, we haven't with gotten someone there that yet.
1: he cares about.
0: We ha- someone that he's mentored, discussing the need to grieve and to, and to move on, and how that person would have wanted that because we knew them well and we knew them in a way in which we knew how they felt and believed and how you're not the only one hurting, but I'm hurting too. And all this emotional stuff. I'm not missing that. I was getting to that. For you to just make a comment about Man-Thing.
1: I did not make one comment about Man-Thing. Oh, that's right. You mentioned small
0: monsters. Aren't they all Man-Thing?
1: No. And the other thing that with this death paper is death. The person, the personification of death. That is the thing that Thanos wants to impress. It's kind of his lady. It is literally. It is. Uh, So there's those two things that I don't think are actually related to the parchment but they do my mind goes there because they're related to the marvel universe and the 616 however it's very interesting that you have him saying okay well where is she where is she where is she how can we get her out what is this thing and then he gets a note basically saying what is it it's death and this is where you have now okay you need to mourn her you know she's gone she's dead
0: And I'm just going to say this at this point, dad, you've had this conversation with your youngest. Maybe you need to keep an eye on him. Don't let him near the knives. Maybe lock up the booze cabinet. Maybe invite him to a movie. (laughs)
1: Let's not just let him run loose and free. I like what he does, though, where he brings the the idea that Simmons is gone. And ties that into his missing hand. You know, he he's, he says, you know, nothing feels normal. You know, I'm on my third hand now. Nothing feels normal because why? Because it isn't normal. Getting used to life without Simmons is not going to feel normal. Why? Because it isn't normal. You're going to have to, you know, you're you're going to have to live with it. And... You know, he says, you know, I, I not only lost my left hand, I lost my right hand too. May. She's just gone. She's just gone. And so this is where Fitz, you know, puts the paper down, walks away. And I I do have to say, I mean, if, if, if this thing really is a thousand years old. And he pulls it out. Oh, it's pre—it's preserved well. Yeah, that piece of paper should have been crumbling in his fingers.
0: When, when he opened it and like a little bit of smoke came out, I was like, oh, man. That's the paper. all the
1: proper etiquette. That thing <laughs> is dissolving on you. This guy is a scientist. I mean, I went to the museum this summer and saw a couple pieces of the Dead Sea Scrolls, which are older than a thousand years old. But you weren't even allowed to take a picture of it because the flash... The light from the flash could actually damage it some, and this this paper that he pulls out of this thing it looks like he took a regular piece of paper and you know dipped it in the right chemicals to age it, you know, like you would do when you know you at least i I tried to do with uh, like a science experiment book kind well, of thing, and you know? and not necessarily age it well, just age it, <laughs> <laughs> and the writing on that that was clear ink. I mean that was clear, so I'm looking and thinking. Yeah, actually, Agent Dylan just said what I was about to say. What if it's a fake? (laughs) I mean, this thing, it's it's clearly it was a fake. I mean, they made it for the show, but uh, (laughs) and it says death, and this is something that they had mentioned earlier when we were talking about about the uh the monolith and that was that what is the monolith it's death to our people yeah so now we have all of our our bases covered here agent
0: Snook is properly uh no prize this by saying it's alien paper it's
1: possible it's possible if they come back to the paper we'll maybe we'll find out more about it if they don't alien paper is a perfect explanation
0: <laughs> agent Dylan says it's in trees So like in humans, but it's Um, in
1: trees. Well, what if this is paper that's made out of Groot's grandpa? Yikes. Yeah. I mean, there's our tie in right there to Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) So Fitz is upset. He grabs a shotgun. Oh, man. What did you expect him to do when he did
0: that? I, I was a little worried he might be suicidal. I
1: wasn't worried about the suicidal. Which I, I think
0: you can argue maybe his actions do show a little bit of a suicidal streak.
1: Oh, you mean uh, yeah? After he uses the gun, because he uses the gun to blow off the the locks on the door, uses the gun to blow off the lock that's holding the the monolith, and then he touches the monolith. And. and- And they seem to know that the
0: monolith absorbed her, which makes you wonder if there was a videotape on – a video camera on it. Well, it makes me wonder if he's hoping to be absorbed. I thought the same or be killed. Just whatever happened to her because as Agent Suck says, he has nothing left to live for.
1: Yeah. So if he is killed the way Simmons was killed – I mean if the monolith does to him what it did to Simmons, that's what he wants. So if she was killed, he's taking that risk. But if she was sucked in, he's taking that risk. And here, the scientific method is gone. He has done all these different things, followed all these different leads. He's studied it. He has studied it through history. But now, he is, it's, it's all the emotion right now. It is all emotion. Do something. He's screaming at it. Screaming at it. Do something. Do something. And it doesn't do anything. That monolith is a jerk. Stone cold jerk. Like, no, I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to sit here, make you worry about your girlfriend some more. That, that the gun thing, I was a little worried, but not worried that he was going to try and kill himself with the gun. I was worried that he was going to like go after someone. Like, is, is, is he going to try and attack someone else, you know, and, and find someone else who might have a piece of paper or something. And Agent Dylan here in the chat room says that Fitz isn't an inhuman, and that's why it won't do something. And Simmons was. (gasps) Agent Dylan. Nice detective work there. Speaking of detective work. Unless he's completely wrong, often like you are. In other words, if he's wrong like I am, he's actually right because...
0: And as you know, unless they specifically address my claims, they're all accurate.
1: We cut from this to commercial, and we get that voiceover that says... Don't worry, we're coming back with a tag scene that would normally go after the credits in a movie, but because this is TV, we are not going to do it after the credits. And so we come back from commercial and we see someone running and we see a figure chasing that someone running, poofing in and out, disappearing, reappearing, disappearing, reappearing, this person hides behind a rock and we realize that we are looking at Simmons and she looks around the corner of the rock and we see a great big giant supermoon blood moon. That I totally didn't get to see in real life because cloud cover over Indiana, but. Oh, I saw
0: it uh, and my back was on. gorgeous and she's digging up blue dirt and rubbing it on her face. As if that's a protection from something. Well, she had a
1: cut there, I think. And I think she's actually putting it on her cut.
0: the saying um, blue dirt only really works with wasp stings.
1: Not cuts. I don't You're know anything putting... about that. Although, no, wait. When I was a kid, my dad did put mud on, on some bee stings. Mm-hmm. It's very effective. Yeah. Anyway, she puts that on there. I mean, obviously, she is a scientist, so she's... She's knowing what she's doing. But, Daniel, here's what I think. Now, I may, I, I may be wrong on this, but I am not wrong on this. Okay. She is on the world that we had a glimpse of in the episode Um Repairs. Do you remember that episode? That's the episode with the woman. You? The woman who thought. That she was having these kind of psychic uh, flashes when people would come and and confront her, but it turns out there was actually an invisible man who was phasing in and out, who was doing this instead. And there was that accident in the factory that she was being made responsible for, and they were using, you know, shield technology to take a look at what happened when that exploded. And there was this quick, quick, quick glimpse of this rocky world with a giant moon. Yeah, it works for me. I didn't remember that. Yeah, well, that was the first thing I thought of. And so I did go back. I, I pulled the tape. Okay. And by pulling the tape, I mean, actually, I stuck in a DVD to see. And that that episode, uh, so it was the episode with repairs. And... Uh, I only looked at one scene where they were looking, where she, she was first discovering what, what she saw there and it is rocky, craggy. It's, it's reddish. There's a, there's a red tint to it. Um, but there was a red tint to everything she was looking at in the, the hologram room, uh, the, the hologram table, I should say, and had a giant moon. And here's the other thing that made me think this might be what we're looking at. I don't know, you know, where, you know, whatever happened to that dude, but if he's there, does he still have that same power where he's phasing in and out? Because that was the one where the guy would be there and then he wasn't there and then he would, you know, be there again and he would attack. So. Yeah, that's OK.
0: I'll buy it as a possibility, though. Agent Snook will tell you that that world looks a lot
1: more hellish. And Agent Snook then says that the, the guy was trapped there, if his memory is right. I, I think so. I, I didn't watch the end of the episode just to see where what had happened to him. I mean, we're talking two years ago now, but it it seems to me that he was there. It seems and, like a lot of a lack of effort on your part, because that was the one where we were finding out that the Agent Coulson in that situation with Agent May had told her let it you gotta let her go you gotta let her go and so this guy you know he's there and i'm wondering if he is actually the what if that's him chasing simmons on this world now all that said if it's the same place that doesn't mean i know exactly where that place is other than what you know it's the same thing i've heard people now saying okay well is this, we're on the other side of the world, is this a Cree world? We're on the other side Blood of the world. blue-ish. Are, are we going to see, are we going to see some form of, you know, crossover with some of our Guardians of the Galaxy kind of thing? Um, the other thing I was wondering about is, okay, so was this thing taking, the, taking us to another realm, one of the nine realms or whatever? I, I don't know where it is in space other than to say, I think this might be the same place that we were seeing in that episode repairs. And I think that's the same dude that we're seeing too. We'll see.
0: That's my guess. Well, your guess is as good as anyone's. Well, except for Agent Dylan or Agent Snook, who might have a better
1: guess, but so what I liked about this episode was you have three conflicts going on here, three battles going on here. We have Fitz versus the monolith. We have Coulson versus Rosalind. And we have Daisy, Lincoln, and Mac versus the monster. I liked the setup. I liked the conflict. I liked the personal, the, the interpersonal conflict. I The whole thing, the whole thing here. Uh, this was a good episode top to bottom. I really do feel that way.
0: I'd like to throw in a few other things at you. Okay. Because you always go so fast.
1: Well, I go fast because I have to keep talking because you're muting your microphone so you can type with the chat room. They're so fun. But anyway. You have to be quicker on the unmute button so you can actually talk to me. Wow. Talk to me. We just got to have communication. All right. Well, let's communicate about
0: a few things. Let's start with communication. Let's go back to Hey Girl, Bobby, and Hunter. And I'm oh, not talking the end of their.
1: We skipped the end of their conversation there.
0: What? Yeah. Well, well I, I do believe that... Hunter is laying out Mission 2 of this season, which is the Ward issue. And, and yes. we've seen from trailers, Ward is coming. We know he's in the cast again. Yeah, I do find it interesting that it's become a Hunter versus Ward issue. I understand why Hunter's is upset. Um, but really, if it's feeling like, less like Ward is Sky slash Daisy's problem and more Hunter slash Bobby's problem. And so while while Daisy is looking for Inhumans and creating secret warriors, you get the sense that Hunter is going to be hunting Hydra. And then I do want to talk a little bit about Joey.
1: Well, let's get back to Joey in a moment. Okay. Hunter's mission. I almost wonder if Hunter's mission is going to be to set up the second half of season three.
0: Or set up his own show.
1: Well, there's there's that. But where... We're going to see him trailing Ward. We're going to see Ward, you know, recruiting people into into Hydra. And our main problem for the second half is going to be that direct conflict between Ward's Hydra and Colson's shield. Yeah, but you know we're going to have to see Ward before then. We're going to see him a lot. I think we're going to see him yep. laying the groundwork. I think we're going to see him building the organization.
0: And maybe it's the secret warriors that have to attack Ward in the second half.
1: Yeah, well, I don't think it's going to be uh, just Hunter. I think that maybe we're going to get a team out of Yeah, maybe a Secret Warriors team. They told us we're getting Secret Warriors. But we don't know what it's going to look like. And so I'm wondering if some of these... I think they're going to have a melter. Well, they might. I mean, that's what I'm saying is they're accumulating their team, even though they don't know that they're building it to fight Ward and Ward's organization. But I'm, I'm wondering if that's what we're heading in is we're going to see build up in this first half of the season to that conflict for the second half of the season. And then the other thing is Bobby and Hunter, man, you got We got to talk about them. I know you want to avoid this, but we got to talk about them. Hunter basically proposed. He proposed to her because she wanted her old wedding ring back. And he gives it to her and says, "So we're gonna get married right now." <laughs> no, and
0: that's not really what he's looking for. What she, was, I mean, she was looking for. She was just looking to have something to hold on to when her boyfriend goes out and dies.
1: Yeah, it was it was a touching scene. I mean, it was a good, heartfelt scene of two people in a complicated relationship trying to figure out how do we make this less complicated.
0: Especially since she's not going to go out and have a ward yet
1: no she can't and and that's where what i said earlier was they have an arrangement he's going to be you know looking for clues but he's waiting for her to be healed enough to be able to go with him it's it's a nice setup for their relationship and where they're at right now
0: yes agent snook Lance Hunter is Lance Hydra Hunter.
1: He's going to go cut off some heads and let two more grow in their place.
0: All right. So, Joey. So, Joey, uh, a lot's been made about the Joey character, especially in the last few days, because of the fact that he is an LGBT character, an openly gay character on Tuesday nights on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, I don't know if you remember this Ben back in season one, there was a lot of discussion about uh, Victoria Hand because in the comic books she is she is gay in the comic books. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of folks were making comments about you know hand is gonna be the, this first LGBT character. And at the time I was really kind of cool to the idea, mostly because I'll be honest in the Victoria Hand arc that her personal life really wasn't part of what we needed. It didn't move the story to talk about her personal life in any way, shape, or form, just because her story didn't have an opening for that. Joey's story, I'm going to argue, it does have the opening for that because the walk he's led in life, the experiences that he had, uh, we hear it in his voice. Again, they're doing it very quickly, but very well, you know, having to carry a secret. Well, now he's carrying a new secret, which is being an inhuman, having to learn how to deal with his secret and coming to the point of self-actualization and announcing it to others. He's already working through that, the fact that he created a life that he liked um, with people that he enjoyed. Now, Now he's going to have to do that all over again. The fact that, that he is an openly gay character who's walked through that and has told us very quickly actually does have a lot of story beats that will now match his inhuman story. And so I do think here that having him as an openly gay character is relevant story-wise. The, the other thing about it is is he doesn't feel like a stereotype to me. He feels like a person. And there have been attempts, I would say, in the last two, three years with both DC and Marvel and their comic books to take a character and make them gay just to make them gay. It doesn't feel that way with me and Joey. He feels like he's a person who is gay, where a lot of times I do feel like some creators and writers have just tried to have a gay person versus a a person who is gay. And so I'm really – intrigued with where joey's going and i do think story-wise this is really fit in well and so i i think this is very well done as in the same way that um our team has done a really good job with women characters i think they've they've maybe waited to pick this shot and now they've done a good job with this
1: and i don't think he's going anywhere you know i i don't think we're looking at a inhuman of the week with him uh, they released a photo that was, you know, introducing so-and-so as Joey Gutierrez. Um, and so I, I think that they're planning to have him around. Um Yeah, I mean, the other thing that I would take away from this character is a lot of times, especially in modern storytelling with the X-Men, the whole mutant idea is, you know, becomes that metaphor for, you know, gay people coming out, gay people holding back their secrets and that kind of thing. Um, Same with the X-Men. The mutant character. That's what I just said. The mutant type of character. Um, And and so the, and then that, that civil rights type of, of argument back and forth in the Marvel universe, uh, really reflecting what you have going on here in in our real world universe. But uh, so now I, I can't help thinking, well, if the Inhumans are the new X-Men, it makes sense that they would you know, draw some of those um, – oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Why do I always lose words? Comparisons? Comparisons, that's the word. <laughs> so, Professional writer, Ben Avery, everybody. It's late, and it's been one of those longer days. So, But, but anyway, having yeah. Having that yeah, be
0: part that's... of his walk and part of his story,
1: we really
0: do begin to understand and see those, those comparisons really, really simply and easily. And they do make good sense in his story, especially when you consider where he's at
1: now. And then with the whole, just, you know, the, the word inhuman being used, it puts a finer point on the idea of the humanity of these people. Uh, you call the mutants – And so you have Angel and and Cyclops and Jean Grey and Beast and everything like that. They are mutants, which is, they are us, you know? And with Inhumans, I I do think that it really does, like I said, um, put a fine point on the idea that we're calling them Inhumans, but we're going to explore the personhood of these people. We're going to explore the humanity of these people who have... Some of the same problems that we have. Uh, It'll be interesting to see where they go with with this whole, I guess, metaphor within humans. Yeah. So anything else you want to cover here with the episode then? No, I think I'm good right at the moment. Anything in the chat room that they want to cover with this episode? Well, if they want to, it'll be part of our feedback. And it'll be seven seconds later. Yeah. (laughs) So again, there's, there's a delay as we're talking. The chat room is seven seconds behind hearing what we're saying. Mainly because of Daniel's potty mouth. And that way we can bleep him once he starts going off on a rant. So I think it's time to move to our field report. Then we have a couple of items in our inbox. So, uh, one last moment, Daniel, final, final phrase, one phrase describing this episode. What'd you think of it? I think it felt like the pilot of a new season.
0: we, we have new normals now. Yes, we have the past. But th- this is this is the episode that sets our season three mission statements. That's really what it felt like to me.
1: Yeah, and I'll say fantastic opening to a new season. And also, don't eat the fish oil. <laughs> that's, that's the other thing I'll say. All right, let's move on to our field report.
0: Shield field report.
1: So we have Three uh, feedback items. Daniel, who do you want to take? Should we start with Agent Curtis, who's actually in the, the, the chat was, room? Or he was, unless he fell asleep. <laughs> Agent uh, Agent Lestue or Agent Jessica? Well,
0: let's go ahead and let's do Agent Curtis first. All right. Uh, excuse me. Avocado Kurt. That's right. On Daredevil episode 13 and the series in general. You want to read it? You want me to? I'll go ahead and do it. Okay. That means you might have to type in the chat room, young man.
1: No, I'm I know be you're Liz. not
0: down with the hip new technology.
1: I'm going to the read the and... chat room as you're talking, and I'm also going to listen to you. <laughs> do things at once.
0: Yeah. Gum yeah. and walking. Anyway, episode thirteen, Tear Devil was pretty good. I like how it felt like a culmination all the best elements of the show and had a lot of payoff for the plot elements and characters involved there was so much to appreciate like vanessa's send off with the helicopter to the funeral scene with ben's wife talking to karen or the awesome speech from wilson about the good samaritan or that awesome pose daredevil struck when he jumped into the air just a lot of small things that made this episode work for me in a big way i too really loved that montage to classical music of all the bad guys getting caught and brought to justice It was beautiful and surprising to see how far the corruption had gone. Also loved how Matt and Wilson basically became the characters we have come to know from the comics in look and personality. Their final fight in the alley was rough, raw, and felt earned. And while the fight was really good, it wasn't my favorite in the season. As for the costume, I'm a bit half and half with it. On one hand, I like the modern update. It's new, practical, and looks badass at certain angles. On the other hand, it's not as red as I would have liked. The head area looks a little off for some reason. Part of me wish they had taken the Winter Soldier approach with a costume like they did with Cap's stealth suit, which looked cool, comic-like, but practical. As for the series as a whole, so far the first time I saw it, it was a 9 or 10 near perfection because fresh impression. Now I've dialed it back to an 8, 8.5 out of 10. I still love this show a lot, For being so different, dark, and violent, still hoping that Punisher, Moon Knight, and Blade will get the Netflix treatment. I can't wait to see Season 2, but also what Jessica Jones can bring to the table. I can't believe your discussion on the show has finally come to an end. At first, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to wait for each of your reviews as they spread over the summer. But I stuck with you, and you impressively ended the series just in time for the return of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know if you did it on purpose, but that was quite cool on your part. Guess I'm avocado Kurt no longer, but I look forward to being Agent Kurt again when Agents of Shield airs next week. Thanks for the memory, Ava- memories, avocado Kurt out. Yeah, Ben, you remember that
1: that whole whole plan we had. I do remember that plan that we had, and it
0: remember worked you out were perfectly.
1: Freaked out.
0: <laughs> Are we gonna make it? We made it though. We made it. We made. We it. did. Ate no season. Ate no season before the, before the tournament. Just saying. We made it.
1: Okay. Uh, what this a bunch is, of good kids. <laughs> it's from Agent Jessica, who is not writing in about lacrosse. She is writing in about Agents of Shield and then a report from the Salt Lake Comic Con. And she writes in and says, "Hey guys, it's been a while, but I am still behind on the Daredevil episodes." But our show is back, so I wanted to write in. I really liked this first episode and thought it was pretty packed, but in a good way. But my thoughts are going to be scattered. So where do you think May is? Maybe off trying to hunt down Ward or just taking her time, trying to decide what to do? There was so much happening that actually took me about half the episode to realize we hadn't seen May yet. I think it was partly because I was really wanting to know about Simmons. Fitz was really great in this episode i thought and i seriously thought the monolith thing was going to spit out simmons for a minute while he while he was yelling at it i kind of held my breath waiting for it to do something i really like the new plane some of it looks very similar to the bus and i thought the effects throughout the episode were really good i love the quake effects the melting metal and the stuff with lash and lincoln was really cool i'm also liking the new outfits so far even though those weren't much as much of a surprise So any theories on where you think Simmons is, like what planet slash universe? Is it more Guardians of the Galaxy area since the monolith thing had to do with the Kree? Science Bobby is pretty cool, although I hope to see her return to action soon. And are we going to see a Hunter Bobby wedding coming up here? I really don't have much else to say about the episode, but I'm really excited for this season, and I'm excited to get Simmons back and find out what's going on with her now. As for my report on the Salt Lake Comic-Con this past weekend, the only reason I'm even bringing it up is because Chris Evans, Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, and Haley Atwell all made an appearance. I got pictures with each of them and got to really briefly talk to them. But the main thing I wanted to talk about is the Chris Evans and Anthony Mackie panel that was, I was able to attend. I think they reported some of this online already, but I wanted to share some of the key points from his comments about things relevant to the upcoming movie. He got asked about Civil War and said he couldn't say much, obviously, but he's seen some of the footage, and even though it's early, he thinks it's going to be the best one. He also said he really enjoys working with the Russos a lot and is excited about it. Another thing he got asked was which side he would take if he were to pick a side, Iron Man or Cap. He kind of gave a brief background of what we know from the comics, but talked about the accords, quote-unquote, and and that Cap doesn't trust them and feels that, quote, the safest hands are his own. Chris says he agrees with Tony in a way and that it can't just be one person saying this is what everyone should do. But he also sees Cap's point, given what happened in Winter Soldier, and that his, quote, moral compass is probably the cleanest, unquote. He said that this is what makes it so interesting. No one is the clear cut bad guy. It's mainly differences of opinion. And then he summed it up by saying in a very roundabout way that he didn't answer the question at all. Anthony Mackie had a hilarious panel, but the main spoiler thing, if you can even call it that, for Civil War, was that apparently they were filming in Atlanta and he had to land next to Iron Man and say, Iron Man, what's the problem? Which apparently didn't land well the first few times. The other main question that stuck out to me for his answer was he got asked how it was to be one of the few black superheroes for kids to look up to. I'm paraphrasing, but he responded that kids don't see race, and that we needed to teach adults that anyone can be anyone. When he was little, his friends were who they pretended to be, no matter what they looked like, and that imagination took over. He thinks adults need to take a lesson from them. Haley Atwell crashed the Chris Evans-Anthony Mackey panel, but didn't stay on stage long, so she didn't really answer any questions. And I missed Sebastian Stan's panel, but they all seemed super nice, and I had a great time meeting them for the five to ten seconds I had with them. Thanks as always for the great podcast. Can't wait to hear your thoughts and insight, Agent Jessica. That's cool.
0: I saw what he was doing there, 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 with the land. You know what's the problem? He didn't land well. It didn't, it didn't land well. Yeah. Oh, never mind. He literally didn't land well. Yeah, okay, he, I get it now. It wasn't the line that didn't land well. I think he <laughs> wasn't landing well, like his. So my line didn't land it well, but he physically didn't land yeah, well.
1: Yeah, your line kind of just landed as a face plant in the in the sand in the in the dirt. So, should we talk about the JJ trailer? Yeah, this is from no, not the new Star Wars trailer. Agent Stew from the UPA.
0: Eh? I didn't know she had sp- she had powers. So now I need some reading suggestions from you two awesome fellas. Loved your analysis of Daredevil. Thank you so much for keeping it honest and not all lovey-dovey. I enjoyed Daredevil, but I'm not sure I would have watched it on network TV. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Make mud Marvel. <laughs> but it was well-suited for Netflix. Speaking of network TV, wasn't the new episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. awesome? I loved it when all the Avengers showed up, including Ant-Man and Falcon. But the part when Cap cried when Coulson asked him to sign the cards was deer-jerking. Anyway, thanks for the awesome podcast. Yeah, Jessica Jones has some superpowers. She's got some super strength. Awkward flying on occasion. Um, so neither one of us have read Ben. Am I correct? Uh, Alias. I've read the first one or two issues. I have it on request from the library because they are reprinting Alias right now. I have read, I believe, otherwise known as Jessica Jones, which is her and Ben Urich. There's a review of it up on level 7com a comic file. It was pretty good. And Versus, again, a lot of the interactions I've seen her in are things like Civil War, where you've heard me make the mocking thing several times. What about the baby? Because that's how she's been poorly used in a lot of comics. But again, in this Jessica Jones/Bernie York tie- team up was fantastic.
1: Well, I'm planning actually to resubscribe to Marvel Unlimited because I'm I can't find anywhere around here anyway. Uh, print copies of the graphic novels that have been printed already. They are reprinting stuff. I believe they're coming out uh, this next month, but I want to start reading now. And Alias is the series. I mean, that I, I'd say that's probably where to go if you're going to read what's going to be setting the tone for what we're going to get from the Netflix series. So, But and be aware, that was the first Marvel Max series. First word is the F-bomb. Um, the first scene is a rough sexual scene. And and so it's uh that's my memory from what, ten years ago. But uh it it's Marvel Max when they were saying, Yeah, we're gonna do R Rated and we're gonna do R rated. Uh so just be aware as as you're you're getting ready to um read any of that stuff that that's that's a lot of the material. Um has a lot of language in it so
0: and they have released a second teaser trailer while we were recording yeah what yep (laughs) oh no which i currently can't find
1: okay well to post well we'll we'll post that later so yeah uh as for the episode this email was sent in on saturday (laughs) So hadn't actually seen the episode, but I wish some of that stuff would have happened. And yeah. Well I think that's that's it then, Daniel. I believe you're right. Yeah. Um do you want to stick around after the credits for five minutes and talk about heroes? We can. Yeah, let's do it. Just just quick. Just quick heroes report. What do you think? Sound good? Let's do it.
0: All right. Yeah, there may be some disappointment.
1: Maybe. Maybe, but I, I, I just, I have a question for you that I want to ask when you say that there might be disappointment, but I I do want to first thank people for listening and tell them you can come to welcomelevel7.com if you'd like to, to engage with us there. You can also come to facebook.com slash welcomelevel7 where we're having, that's where most of the conversations are happening and stuff like that. But Daniel, I, I do want to know, I mean, you're saying that there might be some disappointment. Is that right? Is that true? Some disappointment and Yeah, you could be disappointed. Because uh, you really liked Heroes, and I, I'm hearing you say that there could be some disappointment. I'm wondering, Daniel, is this still edgy banter? Or are we being honest with each other all of a sudden? mx once again thanks for listening and remember welcome to level seven it's not just a podcast it's a magical place all right daniel should i start with the disappointment yeah we have five minutes no longer (sighs) this is the heroes report because heroes report the disappointment is i'm a failure i've
0: only watched about half of the first episode. It's been busy. <laughs> so why are we here. doing this? Well, because I do have some strong opinions about what I've seen so far. Okay. All right. All right. So here's my strong opinions. I really like that so far. When you talk about the original characters, the only one that we've seen a lot of is Noah Hrg. Um, he really is. For me, always been one of the strongest characters in Heroes. So to really have him as being a through character, uh, the reintroduction character, is important to me. Though I do wish that maybe he had learned some lessons from his first runaround because he doesn't necessarily seem like the honest guy who you would have liked to have learned some lessons. I like how it opens um, with the fact that I don't think it's a spoiler based on trailers that Claire's dead and dies in the incident. Uh, again, the the old catchline was save the cheerleader save the world. They
1: they start with a, without her being
0: saved. Yeah, I, they've literally erased that because she is not saved. I don't know how she could die <laughs> unless they found a way to blow her up subatomically. You know, maybe Ant-Man was claw- crawling around in her.
1: But, you well, know. There, and there's some elements that come out in the parts you haven't seen that, that deepen the mystery of what's going on there. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, so, again, I do like the fact that they've addressed that in many ways and addressed the fact that she's on a different network um, by just going ahead and making her. Well, to be honest, Mrs. Butcher never really liked the end of the last season of Heroes, um, where. And they show it in Heroes, where she jumps off the Ferris wheel. Um, This act makes that act actually a meaning now. Um, To have this follow-up, to look back on that, and to say that that event actually did have an impact in the world and society and culture, that ending now matters because of what we see at the beginning of Heroes Reborn. And then I do like the fact that we do have this new cast of characters that I can get to know almost like I did in Season 1 of Heroes. And that's really the point where I'm at in this first uh, two hours is who are these people? What are their powers? I'm going to have this discovery of who they are. Um, Sure, uh, if I was to have a criticism, it would be I've, I've seen X-Men Days of Future Past and read it too. So...
1: yeah yeah. criticism this reminds me it feels
0: like a story i've seen
1: it reminds me of the future that we saw in season two where they they went to a future that was days of future past you know and and this is kind of in in some ways you know gives that a little bit of meaning too in that okay the world did kind of go in that direction you know where it's it's bad to have the powers and um yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I watched both hours and I enjoyed it enough that I want to see the next episode, not just because it's the next episode of a superhero show, not just because it's the next episode of Heroes that I was, you know, I, I remember liking, you know, years ago, but because I'm intrigued, you know, I, I want to know more. I want to, you know, I, I like the characters enough to spend time with them. And I'll I'll say I, I feel like um, the one character, the uh, the Vigilante character, El Vigilante or whatever, uh, he totally was Daredevil, like not in powers, but in you know, he's he's a guy wearing armor and confessing to a priest, or or teaming up with a priest. Are we so talking about Zach Levi? Oh,
0: no. oh, oh, okay. Yes, yes, I know what you're talking. Well, and I will. You know, again, we've got a MCU actor here with Zach Levi. <clears throat> One of the big things that I really liked about Heroes was the ability <coughs> to redeem people. This is this is a, a ward redemption. Too tough to redeem. Too, too tough. You cannot redeem this guy. We may wind up understanding his motivation as being the bad guy. But he is not a weird – if we redeem Zach Levi without consequences for his actions, bad, bad, bad. Oh, man.
1: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where that character goes. And, yeah, like I said, I'm enjoying it so far, and I'm ready to see more. And they've created an interesting world, and they've created a world that makes sense. If you take the world that we had however many years ago, what, four years ago, three years ago? and extrapolate where was that world going and yeah this is where i would expect them to be if they were well, doing well that sounds a lot
0: like the concept behind a little show i like to call heroes
1: <laughs> well the, if this was season what 7 of heroes i feel like this is where they would be you know this is where they would have set it up and said
0: well but you know it does make the case for jump forwards it really does i I, I'll still argue the best place I ever saw jump forward was uh, Young Justice. I know it was a cartoon, but the way they jumped forward was excellent, where you got done with one season, and the next season, you started off, and it was years later. Yeah.
1: And I'll, I'll say the, the best jump forward I ever saw was One Tree. I mean, uh, it was Battlestar oh, Galactica. <laughs> yeah. So I that's our five minutes, Daniel.
0: The reco- I think you actually stopped the, the broadcast when you started to say it. One <laughs> –
1: that's our five minutes. So we we are done with the Heroes Report, but I think we're going to be doing this again, maybe. But I'm going to
0: have to sneak away and watch it without Mrs. Butcher, probably. Well,
1: Mrs. Butcher is not real a real fan of the shows
0: that you watch these days. We only really watch two shows, but the thing is, is like I'm working on her. But it's also a really, really busy time right at the moment. So I don't know if I can get an hour and a half of heroes without commercials in between now and next Tuesday. So,
1: well, next, next as a time you family, you're, you're still, yeah, you're actually still trying to get in two episodes basically. Yeah. So you can watch the second half of this pilot, which is actually its own chapter. But And by the way, didn't this feel so cool to see the, the words up on the wall there?
0: I love seeing heroes back. I, again, major fan of
1: heroes. You are, I'm the guy. You are, I was and the guy. I, I cheerleaded heroes longer than I feel like I should have. But
0: I've defended it till I've turned purple,
1: literally. So well, there are things that are indefensible, but this opening two episodes are not one of them. Yeah. That I'm sure that what I meant to say the the meaning is there. Anyway, it's late. I'm tired. Daniel, thank you. Chat room. Thank you. you. And thanks for hanging out with us guys. We appreciate it. And we will, uh, we'll come back and do this again sometime, but I'm not sure when. So for now, thanks for listening, everyone.